0: will feel in your living room or wherever you're at this morning, but would you clap with me? Let's just declare praise to Jesus here this morning, declare praise to him. Jesus, we honor you here today, Lord, we love you here today, Lord, we glorify you here today, Jesus, we thank you for your power, your presence, Lord, you rule over all the earth in spite of Jesus demonic strongholds in different regions, different countries, different nations Jesus you are Lord and we just declare your lordship Jesus you you rule you reign you, you're raised over all things Lord we declare that over our lives this morning we declare that over our community we declare that over our family this morning we thank you for your working and the power of the Holy Spirit to work in our lives Lord. We just join together in spirit this morning, wherever we're at. We're joining together with the body of Christ, Lord, with those who are part of Klamath Christian Center, but also, Lord, around the world, there are believers lifting up the name of Jesus and worshiping you. Lord, we join together in spirit, praying your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Lord, inviting your rulership, Jesus, contending for your name to be lifted up during this time of... Uh, Coronavirus and pandemic Jesus thank you for the power of your name Thank you for your healing touch Lord for many people Not only with the virus but Lord Other things that we're facing in our lives Whether it's cancer Whether it's addiction Lord whatever it is in our life We want to thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit Who came to set the captives free We thank you for that today We thank you for your wonderful presence With us this morning We thank you so So much for one another, you are good. And maybe you could say with me right there in the living room or car wherever you're at, Lord, you are good. Would you say it with me? Lord, you are good. We thank you for that today. Thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, we all say amen together. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you so much. That was awesome. You know, it's great to be with you again this morning. I'm having a lot of fun here this morning, by the way. Uh, came up, of course, to our church facility, looked out over the valley here. It's so pretty up here this morning. And some crazy people uh, had an idea. And whether you can, you can't see this, but uh, there are pictures of you uh, taped on chairs uh, here in our church sanctuary. So I don't feel quite as alone this this morning. I see uh, lots of your faces and your smiles. Some of you wrote, Little notes of encouragement to us, I, whoever did that i want to I want to thank you. That was such a, a great idea. I immediately you know felt your love and if you don 't understand what I'm saying, there are uh, eight and a half by eleven uh, sheets of paper with your faces, uh, pictures of you, maybe your family or you as a couple, or you as a single person and uh, there's pictures of you on those pieces of paper, and they 're taped to the back of chair. so i 'm looking at you right now. And it's great to be with you this morning. So uh, thank you so much uh, for that this morning. Hey, uh, we're looking forward to timing God's word this morning. So appreciate the presence of the Holy Spirit uh, encouraging us and loving us this morning. Uh, Take a minute, maybe grab a Bible, uh, maybe a cup of coffee, whatever you'd like. We're going to be in the Gospel of John chapter 4. So go ahead and head there with me and I'll be back in just a moment. hey the title of our sermon this morning is are you thirsty and uh, we're in John chapter 4 verse uh, 7 through 15 to start with Um, yeah I don't know when the last time was for you that you sensed the presence of the Lord in a rich way I mean maybe it was just during worship here this morning even though it's online Uh, you know there are times where uh, His presence is so real, so alive, and, and actually unforgettable. Uh, I've had some experiences in my life with the Lord I'll never forget. And Maybe you've, you, you've heard me say before, there are times when we don't live up to the level of our revelation, but I'll tell you, we never forget it when the Lord just uh, pulls back the curtain for a moment and we, we sense His presence in, uh, in our lives. Maybe you uh, woke up recently, uh, one morning, and uh, there was just a song in your heart, and it was just like the Holy Spirit was there with you in the room. Uh, maybe it happened uh, during worship here at church, or maybe in your car, you're driving along and you're listening to k Love, or maybe you've got you know Spotify or whatever uh, playing Bluetooth to your car, and you're driving along listening to Christian music. All of a sudden, there's just something in that song that wrecks you. You just you feel God's presence, and you just know He's it's a moment of deliverance or maybe a, a moment of healing where he's touching your soul in, in a deep way. Uh, maybe maybe a time of Bible study. Uh, maybe you're gathered with some friends. And, you know, I know sometimes I'm with some brothers studying the Bible together. And it's just like Jesus is th- sitting there with us. It's, it's like I, I can't move. I'm just stunned with his presence. And I just Feel the presence of the Holy Spirit massaging whatever truth uh, we're talking about or studying. I just feel the Holy present and massaging that deeper and deeper in, in, into my soul. I, I, I just love the presence of the Lord. Now, to be honest, most of the time when I get up in the morning and have my devotion... I'm just doing it out of faithfulness and and routine. I'm doing it out of discipline and habit. You know, I I spend time worshiping. I many times get on my knees and, and pray. And to be honest, most of my walk with the Lord is just faithfulness. It's just what I've learned to do to be able to, you know, walk in the Spirit. But occasionally, you know, His presence is so real and so rich and i've learned to cherish those moments and the reason why i'm saying that is we need both of those experiences in our life we need a solid foundation in god's word uh, for our faith but we also need some times of refreshing uh, that comes from the, the presence of the lord we need both and a few years ago uh, i was looking at an article in a magazine i don't remember what it was but it it talked about these amazing aqueducts that uh, were built more than a 1,000 years ago in Spain uh, and in Italy. And maybe if you've been there, you've seen them before. If you haven't, like I haven't, uh, you know, go on Google, type in Aqueducts Spain or Aqueducts Italy, and you will be fascinated at these aqueducts that carried rainwater down mountainsides across ravines to villages and now there's modern day cities of course built at the base of some of these these sometimes these aqueducts are are four or five stories tall amazing rock work uh, that that carries this water or carried this water to cities and villages uh, years ago it's it's truly amazing what's amazing to me is they're still standing after more than a thousand years now for me, when I, when I read that article, I thought, those aqueducts are a great illustration of our spiritual life. We, we, need, we need a foundation uh, for God's word in our life. And I think we all know that God's word uh, is uh, solid. It's, it's, it says in Psalms 12, it's tried and tested seven times. Jesus said, Earth and heaven may pass away, but uh, my word uh, will, will never pass away. Kind of like those stone aqueducts. It's like God's word is, is solid and true and it never changes. And Even though the aqueducts won't last forever, God's word uh, will, will last, uh, will, uh, last forever. Our, our, our experiences with the Lord is like the refreshing that comes through the water flowing in that aqueduct. And and, and we need that in our life. We need the f- refreshing sense of God's presence. The apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter five, verse eighteen, "Be filled with the Holy Spirit, and the 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 the, uh, the word "be there is actually a present tense ongoing. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit." And even though our faith is rooted in the Word, we certainly need the the, the refreshing and the empowering that comes through the Holy Spirit in our life Uh, i i I have experienced uh, two extremes uh, as i've walked with the lord my life and i've watched other people walk with the lord and there's kind of a danger in different pendulum swings uh, throughout the uh, the church or the body of christ throughout the years Uh, you know there there are people who are sometimes they're pursuing the experience i mean Totally. They're always looking for a fresh move of God and always looking for a fresh touch or this fresh anointing or whatever you want to call it. And, and that's great, man. I, I love those things. But without a foundation, without stability... Uh, w- without guidance and direction. That's one of the things that Aquatic does. It guides and directs that flow uh, of water. Without stability or support or guidance or direction from the Word of God in our life, that water, that move of the Spirit, that refreshing will be lost. It's like in the desert. The water just evaporates. And, uh, and yet on the other side, there are Christians who, who never seek the experience with the Holy Spirit. They're their their life of faith is totally based on God's word or what they think is their knowledge of God's word. They have this um, extensive uh, system of aqueducts, if you want to call it that, uh, that they've built with their theology. But they are bone dry. There's just no life there. There's no refreshing. And my my point is is we need both. We need a strong foundation in God's word and we need an intimate relationship with the person and power of the Holy Spirit that brings life and brings refreshing and this morning, I want to start a series with us as a church we're going through this time of sheltering and in place and i don't know about you I've been agitated a few times and I've been a little frustrated by some of the the tapes playing in my mind. some of the negative patterns are thought life uh, some of the emotions that I've felt so, so I want to uh, I want to start a series with about the Holy Spirit entitled uh, quenching the thirst in my soul I don't know if you know it or not but God created us to need uh, we're not complete in ourself we need Our soul needs. Our soul needs life. It needs refreshing. Without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit, of course, we're searching for all kinds of things in the world to satisfy what we think are the needs in our soul. So let me ask you a question uh, this morning. Are you thirsty? And and if you are, and if you're honest, you'll you'll notice that you are. So the question is, what is satisfying your soul? What's, What's quenching the Thirst in your soul, you know the number one metaphor in the Old Testament of the Holy Spirit is water uh, That I think the Hebrew word of the Old Testament for Holy Spirit or spirit is ruach Which I probably pronounce terribly, but it's it's translated wind it's translated breath It's translated spirit and it's actually translated water in Isaiah 44 Uh, verse 3, where there's this promise of God sending uh, living water in the deserts like rivers where there's literally no water. And it's a promise of the coming of of the person of the Holy Spirit. And of course, Jesus was the one who fulfilled that. And and Jesus is the one who talks about that in John's gospel in John chapter 4 and John chapter 7. So I want to invite you to go there with me i 'm going to start in john four verse seven uh, this morning. Jesus is talking to a, a woman uh, from Samaria at a at an important landmark, a place called uh, jacob 's well. Jesus is hot he 's tired he 's been traveling all morning with his disciples they 're literally walking from Jerusalem about seventy to eighty miles north uh, to the region of Galilee. I have no idea how long. That would take but uh, they come to this place called jacob's well probably a lot of vegetation there trees because of the water that's available Uh, my wife and i have been to israel before and and i'll tell you there is no life without water i mean it's a very dry and arid place and i think we were there um in july the month of july and it was 115 degrees and um I'll just say without water, there's no life. So uh, Jesus is in a place where there's life, where there's water, probably in some shade, and that's when uh, this Samaritan woman comes to draw water. Verse 7 says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Obviously, he didn't have a water bottle. He didn't have a bucket to get water from the well. It says his disciples had gone into town to buy water. The Samaritan woman said to him, uh, you, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Apparently there was some social barriers. I think there were religious barriers. Uh, the Jewish people, I think many of you know, were very bigoted uh, racially uh, between Jews and Samaritans. And, and men uh, did not talk to women especially in a public place like uh, jacob's well this landmark where many people came from sycarta to, to, to get water and, and and not only was a man now talking to a woman a jew to a samaritan but jesus was a rabbi and, and so this this really uh, caught her attention aren't you thankful that jesus loves to cross barriers to draw us back to God. I love that. He's done it in my life. I'm sure he's done it in yours. Verse 10, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well? And drank from it himself, as did also his sons and livestock. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great verse. <laughs> Are you greater than our father Jacob? Who Who is Jesus? <laughs> of course, uh, Jesus is so amazingly humble. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't feel the need to defend himself here in verse... Uh, 13 Jesus answered everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst indeed the water I give them will become in them a spring of living water welling up to eternal life and the woman said to him sir give me this water so that I won't go I won't get thirsty and have to come uh, keep coming here to draw water again I love this imagery of living water that Jesus uses as a metaphor for the Holy Spirit. In fact, to be honest, when I read it, it makes me thirsty. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I want living water. There's just something about that that picture that stirs my soul. Now, now what's interesting to me here, uh, Jesus introduces the idea of quenching a thirsty soul. And he does it At a really significant place. He he does it at Jacob's well. Does anyone remember who Jacob was in the Old Testament? (laughs) Uh, Jacob, of course, is one of the forefathers of the faith. There was Abraham, Isaac, and and Jacob. But Jacob was a deceiver, wasn't he? A a manipulator, a schemer. Uh, (laughs) You know, he, he was a someone who you know, his material success and happiness was at the forefront in his life. Never surrendered to God, never trusting God with his future. And and as a result, uh, Jacob is the poster child for I did it my way. I mean, he, he, he really is. And that created all kinds of pain in his life, all kinds of regrets, all kinds of relationship issues. Remember, he ended up working for uh, someone who's a relative named Laban who was twice the deceiver, manipulator, and cheat uh, that, that Jacob was. And you know, his life was just filled with struggle as a result of that. Finally, I think it's in about Genesis 33, he comes to a crisis moment in his life where he literally has to face his past, confront his lying. And is manipulating and is cheating, and so, some of you know he wrestled with God all that night, and God touched him there and, and Could I say God broke him there? because from that moment forward, I think you know he walked with a hip in his life, and basically it changed the direction of his life, and he was never the same. I mean he walked with a sense of humility uh, from that point forward in his life and uh, the Bible says the Lord blessed him there and gave him the land and, of course, gave him this well and his family settled there and they prospered there for centuries. But when God gave Jacob this well, it was a sign of spiritual blessing and a sign of God's promise being fulfilled, a promise he made to Abraham, now passed on to Isaac and then to Jacob. God was fulfilling his promise. But by the time this woman got there, uh, this this well simply was a sign of material blessing, just simply materialistic uh, prosperity and, and success. And, and, you know, when you understand that in the culture, you think, what a great place for Jesus to talk about real life, about living water, uh, about the thirst that we all have in our soul, always searching in our soul and realizing that nothing will satisfy that except the person of the Holy Spirit and, and the, the living water that he brings in our life. Now, to be honest, when I read these verses, I thought, this woman is, is a lot like Jacob. I mean, hadn't she been married five times in her life? And and, and hadn't, had, had, was she living with a man who wasn't her husband? I, I'm not trying to be critical of her choices here, but that just seems like a lot of, maybe manipulation or control or, she had a lot of issues and probably had a lot of regrets in her life. And what an amazing person for Jesus to break down barriers and talk about quenching a thirsty soul and, and offer her living water that would uh, change her life from that point forward. Jesus answers her in verse 13. Let me read it again. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst indeed the water i give them will become in them a spring of living water welling up to uh, eternal life Uh, jesus is the only one who can give the water that quenches uh, my thirsty soul let's go to uh, john chapter 7 now Uh, we're going to be in john 7 uh, beginning in verse 37 down through verse 39 now, John chapter 7 uh, takes place uh, toward, the, toward the end of Jesus' ministry uh, during the Feast of Tabernacles. So, in the Jewish calendar, there, there are three feasts. Uh, one of them, uh, the first one of the year, took place uh, at the Passover. Uh, in other words, about the time we celebrate Easter every year, Jesus' death and resurrection, that was the time uh, of the Passover. The second feast was the Feast of of a harvest that that took place about 50 days later right at the time of pentecost and it celebrated the the winter harvest a wheat harvest winter wheat those kind of things that the nation of israel grew the third feast was in the fall after the summer harvest or the vineyards and things that grew in the summer and it was the feast of harvest or the feast of tabernacles and if you remember in that feast all of these feasts were reminders of how God had saved the nation of Israel and what he did to bring them out of slavery uh, toward the promised land. The feast of tabernacles would have been my favorite as a kid because you got to camp out with your parents for a week as a reminder of, of, of how the nation of Israel journeyed as sojourners uh, as they moved toward the promised land in the desert. They didn't have a home, but, but God was the one who was providing uh, for them and leading them and caring for them. And so uh, that was part of this feast. Now, each one of these feasts celebrated uh, salvation, celebrated an exodus. A- and they looked back toward a- an exodus, the first exodus that had already happened, a first salvation where God rescued them from sa- slavery. But these feasts also had a prophetic sense to them because they celebrated a a salvation that was yet to come, a a salvation that would bring real joy and real freedom and be a fulfillment of longing and hope. And so there's this prophetic element, which each each one of these uh, feasts as well. And during the Feast of Tabernacles, I mean, you know, thousands of people traveled to Jerusalem. That was always a part of the feast. The priest would take a bucket on the last day of the feast, the highest day, kind of the climax. He would take a bucket to the bottom of the Temple Mount to a spring there called the Pool of Siloam that literally is a water source for uh, the city of Jerusalem. And he would dip it in and fill it up with water. Then he'd bring it back to the Temple Mount to pour it on the altar as a prayer, praying for the salvation of Israel. And as he did that, all along the, the roadway, There were literally thousands of people and they would sing from Isaiah chapter 12 verse 7 Therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of your salvation And so they sang this song that was prophetic song about a salvation that was so much richer then the Jewish people really understood. Therefore, with joy, shall uh, y- you draw waters out of the well of your salvation. And it's, it's this picture of supernatural life, a supernatural salvation. And, of course, the metaphor of the Holy Spirit certainly there. Now, the Jewish people didn't understand what it meant. I mean, they always looked at salvation in a materialistic way. But obviously, the prophet did. He saw something that God was doing in the future that was literally going to open up a well within our soul, a well of salvation. Therefore, with joy, shall you draw water out of the wells of your salvation. So they're singing this song as the priest is carrying this bucket of water up to the temple mount to the altar to pour it over the altar as a prayer that salvation would come. Now, when he poured it over the altar, there was a hush in the crowd. I mean, this was designed, it was part of their culture, it was part of the ritual, uh, part of the custom. But there was a hush that would silently, there was silence over the crowd, and they would literally look in longing and waiting up into the heavens, waiting for God to bring salvation. It was a powerful, powerful uh, illustration, a powerful moment. That's the moment when Jesus stepped forward. And in verse 37 he said in a loud voice, If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. By this he meant the Spirit whom uh, those who believed in him would uh, later receive, but Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified yet. When Jesus stepped up before the people, he said, the answer has come. (laughs) The promise has been fulfilled. I am here. I'm this well of salvation that the prophets were talking about. And then he says, if any man thirsts, uh, let him come to me. Are you thirsty? I I just think that's a great question to ask. What are you looking for in your life? What what if onlys seem to dominate your thought life or your emotions? Are you thirsty? I think all of us would honestly say yes. i'm not sure why we have all these patterns or these habits in our soul that you know continue to replay themselves uh, in our mind and and in our emotions but i can tell you this the answer is here jesus said if any man thirsts uh, let him come to me you know if i were honest i'd say yeah i'm thirsty in fact ever since i came to know jesus uh, the battle between, you know, thirst for things in the world and, and thirst for the things of God. And what's amazing to me is I'll, I'll read the scripture and that creates more thirst. I mean, there's just a nagging sense that I want more. <laughs> I, I want more of Jesus in my life. I, wa- I want more of what I read in the book of Acts. I, I want more of, of the understanding that the apostle Paul had when he wrote the epistles. I mean, just, I just want more. Uh, Billy Graham uh, said it this way toward the end of his ministry He'd, uh, by this time okay, so he had traveled a- around the world he had preached the gospel in most of the major cities of the world and this is what he said he said everywhere I go I find God's people lack something uh, they're hungry for something thirsty for something uh, their Christian experience is not all they expected And they often have recurring uh, defeat in their lives. The desperate need of the nation today is that men and women who profess Jesus would be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, or to be honest, we're gonna to look to be filled with something else. God created us to need. He designed our soul to never be complete in itself. We are created literally to be an, an idolistic people, and uh, we all have the temptation and the tendency to form idols uh, from our culture, to accept the idols that are part of our culture rather than coming to Jesus to be filled. And, you know, I was talking with a brother a few years ago, and I understood his struggle. Uh, He said, I need more of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if you've ever thought that, or you've maybe even said that. When he said that, I knew what he was saying, but I kind of laughed. And the reason why is because the Holy Spirit is a person, not a force. You know, most of the body of Christ, most Christians, think of the Holy Spirit as a force they think of him as an it rather than a him and one of the reasons last week I asked you to read John 14 15 and 16 is I wanted you to see the personal pronouns that Jesus uses when he talks about the Holy Spirit Jesus said when he comes he will guide you into all truth the Holy Spirit's person I realize he doesn't have a body he is spirit, but uh, he's a person. Uh, the Apostle Paul said he had a mind. He, he, he talked about the thoughts of this spirit. He has emotions. Uh, uh, Paul talked about grieving the Holy Spirit. Uh, he he, he ha- has feelings in the sense that you can cut him off. Or, or Paul used the word quench. We can quench the Spirit, I don't know if you've ever been in a conversation and suddenly you rudely interrupt it and just shuts down the conversation and the person you're talking to just kind of withdraws and, and closes up. Uh, it's possible for us to quench the person of the Holy Spirit. You see, He's not a force. He's not an energy. He's not a feeling. He, he's a person and understanding that has changed my life getting to know him intimately. It's changed my ability to listen and, and to recognize when he's teaching me because he's a person who is leading me and it's, it's created such, a, such an intimacy and um, such a wonder in my life. When you pray the que- or you say the the statement, uh, I think I need more of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit's a person, I mean, how do you get more of Him? <laughs> I mean, if you've come in, if He's come into your life, uh, did you just get an arm when you got saved? <laughs> did you just get a leg? Or, you know, if He's a person, didn't you receive all of Him when you received the Holy Spirit? If so, then the question is. Not that I need more of the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit wants more of me. And one of the things we learn in our journey to quench the thirsting of our soul is to learn how to to yield more, to listen more, to obey more, I guess you'd say, to recognize you know, every day he's speaking to you. I, I felt the Lord s- s- spoke to me this morning, some, uh, something just about encouraging other people during this time where we're, you know, uh, social distancing. I just feel like people need encouragement. I need encouragement. I, that, I, I, I literally got up when I felt he said that. I got up and I wrote a list of people that I needed to contact because I just people felt people need. need. You know, w- when you begin to recognize when he's talking, there's that subtle... Uh, The Bible calls it a still small voice all of a sudden there's an anticipation and excitement in your walk with the Lord that that Becomes really really rich so it's not it's not the fact that you need more of the Holy Spirit, but uh, How much more of you can you give to the Holy Spirit? How can you surrender? More to the Holy Spirit in your life. Well my prayer uh, during this series over the next few weeks I'm praying for people who don't know the Holy Spirit that you could get to know Him more, get to know Him more intimately. I, I think this is going to be an exciting time for you, an exciting series for you as we're kind of sheltering in place and you recognize uh, ways that you think that aren't so healthy and, and and ways that you know the Holy Spirit would like you to think. And so I'm looking forward to that, people getting to know uh, the Holy Spirit more intimately. I'm, I, I'm looking for people who m- maybe have... Never been filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a, that's a really kind of difficult question to answer. I don't know that I always have the answer for that. Next week, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll look at some verses in the book of Acts and talk about the theology behind this idea of being filled. What does it mean? Being filled or being baptized uh, in, in the Holy Spirit. Another thing that I'm praying for during this series, I'm praying for people who are filled, that they would start using their gifts more. It's so easy while we're sheltering in place to just kind of allow the gifts of the Holy Spirit to become dormant in your life. Uh, The Apostle Paul, uh, remember he reminded Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. And uh, you know, we all have this responsibility to stir up uh, the life of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, whether it's through praise or worship or fellowship or prayer or just time in God's word the stirring up of the spirit and the activation of our gifts so uh, I'm looking forward to this series I I trust that together as we walk through this we'll experience some more joy in different ways we won't get to be here together maybe for part of it uh, as as we walk through this but hopefully we'll start getting together before the series is over I guess what I want to say in concluding, and this is especially for you if you're a younger person, a newer believer. You don't have to be young in age. You can be older, but you're kind of new in your journey of faith. I want to encourage you, be careful. Because Christianity is not just a faith. It's not just a religion. It's not just principles that we begin to live by and act by. Christianity is about a a person. His name is Jesus Christ, and we have a relationship with him through the power of, of the Holy Spirit, and that relationship is dynamic uh, like that aqueduct i mean there's there's structure, there's boundaries, there's support there's a foundation in god's word, but there is refreshing that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit and and we need that so much in our life if if you're a younger person watching, I know some Uh, You know, some families, we're all together now. And, you know, I think there's some uh, great parts of that. You know, one of the things the church has done over the last few decades is we kind of separate the family as you walk in the door. You know, the kids go one way, the teens go another way, and parents uh, walk into the sanctuary. And I know the Lord is at work in all those uh, places, but some of you right now are, you're having church as a family, and it's something you haven't done for a long time. And the Holy Spirit is doing some things even with your, uh, your junior hires or your teenagers. I heard a story last week of a, a family who's, um, they have a son who's an adult, uh, not really walking with the Lord now, and, and he walked through the living room as they were watching church. And he just sat down and walked. And if they would have asked him to go to church, he never would have gone. But now he's sitting there and he's watching and the, the Holy Spirit is ministering. You know, God is doing some positive and some powerful things during this time just by, by breaking up what is normal in our routine. And I believe he's ministering in different ways. So, you know, if you're a, a younger person, maybe a younger teen or a junior higher It's so important for you to understand that Christianity is not just a faith. It's not just principles. It's not just rules. It's a person. His name is Jesus. And there are things literally begging you every day in your life, in our culture around us. They're pulling at you to get you to turn to them, to give your attention to them, to satisfy your soul because God created our soul to not be complete without him and the person of the Holy Spirit is the only one who can do that he's the only one who can quench the thirst in my soul so I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up here this morning and I'm just hoping this time of uh, this time of maybe less activity and rest can be a time for us to dive into getting to know Jesus in a personal way and and a unique way uh, a little bit differently so if you're there with someone you trust (laughs) they've washed their hands recently I haven't washed my hands so many times ever in my life I just feel like I don't have skin left but anyway maybe you could take hands with somebody we'll say a prayer together and uh, Jesus here this morning we want to thank you that you're the answer and you have come You're the well of salvation, Jesus. You're the living water through the power and person of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we invite you to come today. I'm looking forward to this week, Lord. I'm looking forward to maybe unhealthy patterns being exposed. What are we trying to fill our thirst with? Jesus, I pray that we'd recognize that you're the answer, and I ask you to help us uh, hear your voice this week. Help us grow in our intimacy and in our relationship with you. Lord, I pray for every person this morning that you'd fill them with the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill them with your power, and with your love. Teach us about you during this series. Thank you so much, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being here this morning. Pray these things in Jesus' name. And I just want to invite you to sing this last chorus with us uh, before we go here this morning.